Right. All right. Are you ready? Okay. <clears throat> a one, a two, a one, two, three, four. La 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 <laughs> Were you dragging or rushing? That's the question. Were Not you dragging my motherfucking or tempo. rushing? <laughs> I think I was both rushing and dragging at the same time. <laughs> oh my word. Another flawless success for the Empire One Division Orchestra. I, d- I just got a message from my sister who simply reads, Bro, you singing? <laughs> I mean, after a fashion. After hey. a fashion. Hello, after Pod. A- I'm Chris Stewart. <laughs> and welcome. What have we done? Honestly, we have... <laughs> We, I think we have peaked far too soon with the kazoo thing. Where, where, where are we going to go from this 45-piece orchestra by the time of the, the final episode of Loki? <laughs> anyway, hello, Pod. I'm Chris Hewitt. Welcome to the fifth of our sporter specials dedicated to WandaVision. Am I recording? I am. Yes, it may be the fifth sporter special, but it is actually going to delve deep into episode six of Marvel's mind-bending mystery box show. It is an episode entitled All New Halloween Spooktacular. And it is very eerie indeed. And joining me to discuss it fresh from a double bill of The Incredibles and The Parent Trap are Helen O'Hara. <laughs> Hello. James Dyer. James G. Dyer. Hello. <laughs> ben Travis. I would love that double bill so much. That really caught my eye as soon as I saw it. And obviously there are thematic reasons for those films having been picked. But also Hello. just, what a great double bill. Hmm. I mean, let's skip over the fact that one came out in 1998, the other one in 2004, but sure. Also, what happened to the 90s? Malcolm in the Middle is a naughty show. Is it? Yes. 2000-2004. Well, they're fudging it, aren't they? They're fudging it, whoever it is. But this is is kind of, this is what, 90s-ish, I guess? Maybe this one? The cars seem to be 90s. The show they're riffing on is very much a naughty show. Mm. Uh, Because the 90s was dominated by kind of like single people in the city type shows, so. And Um, Pietro is wearing a short-sleeved t-shirt over a long-sleeved t-shirt, which says 90s to me, so. Mm. But then the kids, (laughs) one of them's wearing a Minecraft hat, and that's naughty, so. Uh, Let's just say Wanda's a little inconsistent with her uh, anachronisms. She's Sokovian. She's not going to have an encyclopedic knowledge of American exactly. sitcoms. That's she, true. She, she belongs nicely on the Empire podcast because we don't have an encyclopedic <laughs> knowledge of American sitcoms either. But anyway, we'll get into that in a second. But first, to the recap, as soon as I place my orthopedic pillow on my chair, <laughs> I need this. Uh, I'm so old. Ugh. There we go. I'm taking tablets. <laughs> For my bum. And it's all going very well. Anyway. <laughs> oh, Chris's superpower is oversharing. <laughs> Wait, need a minute. <laughs> We're literally four minutes in. <laughs> 
dear. <clears throat> After a credit sequence that places the latest episode of WandaVision, that's WandaVision the show and not WandaVision the show, firmly in what I thought was the 90s, but James has already contradicted me, <laughs> and also introduces Agnes and Pietro Maximoff to the list of regular cast members for the first time. We see that Billy and Tommy are getting ready for Halloween night in Westview. The recently resurrected Uncle Pietro is asleep on the couch, but he soon wakes up for some tomfoolery at top speed. Fission and Wanda are dressed for the big night in costumes that look suspiciously familiar to anyone who has read a comic book or two. There is clearly tension between them. Fission announces that he's off to keep an eye on things as part of his neighbourhood watch duties. Wanda isn't keen, maybe even controlling, but she lets him go anyway. Back at Sword Base, Monica Rambo confronts the director of S.W.O.R.D., Dick Terrorist, about his actions in trying to kill Wanda, having had it up to here with her being right about everything and being a lame, dick, toxic male who is in a job he's frankly not qualified to hold. <laughs> I feel so seen. <laughs> I feel so seen. Uh, and possibly, possibly a man with something major to hide. Hayward has Monica, Darcy and Jimmy Woo escorted off the base. That works well. Within seconds, they're back on the base, rifling through his secret files. <laughs> I mean, this guy's security, honestly. They find out that he's tracking somehow Fission's vibranium signature. Back in Westview, Fission has gone off the grid in an attempt to get to the bottom of what's going on. He finds it as he gets farther away from the town square. That the residents are acting oddly, even more oddly than usual, and in most cases, doing nothing. Ah, oh, the dream. Finding a car on the edge of town. Darkness on the edge of town, Ben, am I right? Yes. Am I right? Yes. In New Jersey? Hello? Hello? <gasps> Bruce Springsteen mm. did Bruce it. Bruce Springsteen, yes. Uh, finding a car on the edge of town at Ellis Avenue, a place that Wanda has forbidden her kids from going beyond, and which I'm guessing is maybe named after William Sadler's president, Matthew Ellis? Sure. Okay. Uh, Vision I think sees. it's a reference to Die Hard. Yes, because if someone deserved to have a street named after him, it's, it's Ellis. It's Ellis from Die Hard. Hans, puppy. Uh, I'm your white knight. Uh, anyway, Vision sees that Agnes is at the wheel of the car and she's in a catatonic trance. Jumpstarting her the way that he did Norm last week, Agnes tells Vision several things. One, he's an Avenger. Two, Wanda won't let them leave Westview. And three, that he's dead. There's a lot to digest there, but, uh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> he could deal with it. He's a synthesoid. Synthesoid. Me that's what I said. Meanwhile, at Sword, Darcy finds info on Hayward's computer and probably a shitload of porn that suggests that Monica's cells have been changed by repeatedly going through the Hex's energy field. Monica and Jimmy leave to meet Monica's mysterious aerospace engineer contact. Who could it be? Uh, we don't know because the episode ends. Darcy remains behind and sees that Vision is at the perimeter fence and is trying to get through. Hayward and team mobilize. Meanwhile, Fiet Wanda. Meanwhile, Wanda and Pietro bond, even though Wanda is clearly unsure that he is who he says he is and keeps testing his knowledge of their childhood. Pietro tells her he's impressed by what she's done to the townsfolk, asks how she did it. She says she remembers nothing. But when she glances back, we see he's a bullet-riddled corpse. Hmm. <gasps> It tends to happen from time to time. As Vision tries to leave Westview, he begins to break apart. Billy, who now, like Tommy, now has powers that echo their parents, hears Vision's cries for help, and Wanda, after sapping Pietro, who uh, deployed one callous quip too many, appears to magically increase the size of the hex, consuming most of the sword team and turning them into clowns. Also caught in this impromptu hex tension, see what it did there, is Darcy. But we don't see what becomes of her. Jimmy and Monica drive away from the scene, as does Dick Terrorist. Well. Well, well, well. So I've recanted from last week. Okay. Oh, you, you think the show's shit now? 
Yeah, no, no, I recanted from last week in that, you know, when uh, when Ben and Helen were saying, you know, you were saying that the recasting might just been a nod to the audience and actually it had no relevance. So I was like, no, Marvel wouldn't do this. They absolutely wouldn't do this. It definitely has deeper meaning. I'm now 100%, I think, think, at least temporarily, for the next 10 minutes with you, I think it's just a gag. Um, yes. Mainly because the kick-ass gag made the me just think the show gag. is now so exactly. fucking meta that yeah. it's entirely just a gag for our benefit. Yeah, what's why? 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 It's not like Aaron Taylor Johnson's picky. <laughs> no, but I think they've done Maybe it deliberately. I think in, I think it was a Roseanne gag initially, like it was a classic recasting character gag. I think they used him because it's funny, and I see that didn't work for me because I thought there's the, like that's not we're, we're not this is not Deadpool. Do you know what I mean? Like the MCU isn't self-referential in that way, and it's not meta in that way. And then when she made the kick-ass gag, I was like, okay, this just one division has its own set of rules. This is one hundred percent a gag. Yeah, that's what I think as well. And and again, the kickass the kickass gag very much gag. sealed that for me. Yeah, it was, it was a great really gag. I, I, no, yeah. I I completely and utterly disagree with you. You didn't like and, it. <laughs> no, I like the kickass gag. Oh, but right. I, okay, yeah, fine. You just disagree with the was, thing. No, I completely and utterly disagree. There there, okay. there is and there has to be uh, a deeper meaning to this. Uh, I if it if it turns out just to be a gag, you know, listen, this is a great show, and I won't turn my back on it. But I will, I will find you. <laughs> I will burn every copy of this goddamn show. Which will be difficult because it's streaming. Damn it! Disney always one step ahead. Yeah, uh, I I'd be very very disappointed if that were the case. I think there is a deeper meaning to this, and let's not forget, of course, that the the door has already swung between previous non MCU universes and the MCU when J Jonah Jameson showed up at the end of Spider Man Far From Home. So true. But there's still lots of Pietro questions. There's still lots of Pietro questions. Okay. I, I have some Pietro, you know, thoughts, actually. Mm-hmm. He feels like maybe he's dodgy. So yeah. I thought no. it was interesting this week. <laughs> I feel like I feel like Agnes might be working for somebody after this week. And the reason okay. I feel like that is for several reasons. I think there's an element of punishment going on. She's clearly it feels like she's disappointed someone or done something wrong at some point in some way. Literally, her bottom says naughty at the beginning of the credits. Like, I don't know if you noticed what she was wearing mm. on her bejeweled uh, tracksuit bottoms. Look at a woman's uh, Of course you don't. Anything below the neck, you're just like, I don't want to know. I'm a married man. Thank you. She says, that says naughty. And then the the whole pattern of her with, with the conversation with Vision in the car kind of feels like it might be that she's been punished for something. She's been put into this situation as a result of something. That's um, interesting. So I feel like, yeah, I now feel like she's an accomplice and not the big bad. So you're okay. saying the whole of the hex is one giant magical naughty step? No, I think, I think Agnes has been put on the naughty step in the hex, having previously been a sort of, a, I don't know, part of it, a ringmaster or something. Do you think that she's a little bit... Um, she's been sent there to keep an eye on Wanda, potentially, by whoever the big bad is, be it Dick Terrorist, be it someone mm. else. And whenever she's beginning to maybe fail in her task, they bring in Pietro. To I keep think more Pietro of an might be the things. baddie himself, doing it in person. Yeah, I, that crossed my mind because he knows a lot. So if you were going down the Mephisto route, if you were going, going like the devil as, you know, the trickster with a thousand faces, like it's not beyond the realm of because he, he sees through everything. He knows things he shouldn't know. Mm-hmm. He's, he doesn't you know, he know things be, he should know. Absolutely. Like there's, there's something very, very fishy going on and not mm-hmm. just the fact that he's from a completely different franchise. And, and he eats <laughs> dead fish as a child. 
you know. Well, yeah. <laughs> and yet, at the same time, we're seeing all of these different characters being forced into sitcom constructs True. while they're in True. the hex. And obviously, they they point out that his role to in this episode is to cause a bit of friction, to kind of be the slobby uncle, to be the fun one, uh, to sort of lead the kids astray a little bit and um but also to be there as somebody who's very emotionally close to wonder and he fulfills all of those roles so i think there are so many layers at play here in terms of who these people actually are what roles they're being forced to play within the sitcommy stuff that i i don't know if you can necessarily judge who he might be on the outside world based on what he's doing in this episode because it feels like he is on the script for what this character should be in the show that as far as we know at the moment, Wonder is controlling. Yes, but he, you know, doesn't know that much about Pietro, which is possible anyway, just because, you know, I think the, the show is clear that this is an imperfect version of Wanda's brother. Um, but some she of the knows other herself, stuff he said, she knows herself, yeah, she's yeah. she already senses something about that. But some of the stuff she says herself and, and, and that he says to her, I mean, obviously the, the reference to Demon Spawn kind of seems deliberate and pointed. Mm. The way he's resistant to being tested, the way he keeps throwing things back at her every time she tries to get, you know, some biographical information out of him, um, is also suggestive that he's a bit of manipulation, perhaps. That's yeah, all. and not just being involved in the, the the simulation. The way that he says as well, there's a there's a whole bunch of stuff. I think he's mm. uh, he's dodgy as hell. He's dodgy as hell. He's you know he could absolutely be a Tory MP. This guy. Um, <laughs> Keeping politics out of it, obviously. But uh, I think that there's something about him. There's a whole bunch of stuff. So, you know, what's the first thing that Billy and Tommy say about him? You know, we think our, our uncle's a vampire. Mm-hmm. And you think, oh, it's just a bit of fun. Just a bit of fun. But what's that advert? What's the commercial? Huh. Yes. That, that pops up halfway through the the show, which if you were listening to last week's show, and in fact, I'm sure this is a theory we've all said at some point that perhaps Wanda has, in exchange for being able to live a life of idyllic pleasure and bliss, domestic bliss with vision, has perhaps, in the middle of her grief, made a deal, struck a bargain with someone or something who has enabled this this to happen, this Westview business to happen, whilst simultaneously boosting her powers and also sucking her energy dry as well. So I think you can read that commercial in two ways. One, mm. you know, if we're talking about the commercials being sort of depictions of her past trauma on a subconscious level, one way you can read it is that it's about someone who, even though they have access to magic, can't stop the people that they love dying or can't stop mm. death, right? So, you know, you could you could look at the little kid in that advert as Wanda, who has magic, but can't stop death. Just can't do it. Vision died. He's wearing red, died. isn't he? He's wearing a red t-shirt as well, isn't he? I think. I actually have it up uh, right here, uh, right now on my screen. He oh, is God. wearing red. He, oh, hello. Uh, he is wearing red. But you could also see it as this is the story of WandaVision in microcosm. So this is, you know, the shark is the big baddie who basically yeah. says, you know, the, the, the kid is Wanda and that Wanda is saying, I'm all alone. I'm hungry. I, you know, I, I don't have anyone to play with. My husband's dead. My brother's dead. The Avengers have fucked off doing whatever it is that they're doing. Tony's dead. All that, all that stuff. Along comes a shark going, Hey, you know what? You, you've got magic. I can help you sort that shit out. 
um, and here here's something that you want, but it's actually unsatisfactory, and in the end you will die. Whereas I'm the shark, and I'll fuck off and swim around and, and be very mm. very happy. So you could look at it that way. So if you look at it in that way, if you think in those terms, then I think there's a lot of stuff that's said about or by Pietro in this uh, episode that would seem to suggest that he is either the bad guy, as Helen says, or he is certainly a plant to keep an mm. eye on and manipulate Wanda into thinking more and more that she's responsible for everything that's going on in Westview when, when the opposite might be true. She reveals several things that she doesn't know in, in this thing. She doesn't understand certain things that are happening. And again, it could all be subconscious, but it's clear that things are getting beyond her control and things that are happening that she doesn't want to happen and that she doesn't quite know how she got there herself, which suggests that she's not quite the big bad that she may have appeared to S.W.O.R.D. last week. That advert um, I thought was great this week. I was really excited when it popped up. I was like, oh my God, on top of everything else, on top of all the other playful weirdness, we're getting a stop motion sequence now. <laughs> and I was like, this is great. And it's like channeling that really sort of like gnarly late 90s, early noughties, like grungy sort of feeling. And then it just got really bleak really quickly. And it's like, it was, it was how dark that advert gets over the course of about 30 seconds is quite, yeah. I think, shocking in this show. Like the, yeah. the image of this, of this kid just decaying and trying to f- desperately open this yogurt was like really nightmarish. What if, if the whole theory that the adverts represent Infinity Stones is still a theory, what, what's going on here? I think this advert detonates that theory yeah I thought so too so yeah, in case you don't know what that is there, someone slid into my DMs earlier in the week and I'm sure you've probably seen it on Twitter as well but um, some clever people uh, were speculating that maybe each of the adverts represents an infinity stone I think there was a slight reach with some of the stuff mm. uh, the first advert with the the Starkmate 2000 the toast, the Toastmate 2000 sorry uh, being red so the reality stone the second advert being time because there's a watch in this and maybe equating to the time stone the third advert what is the third it's a advert cube. so the tesseract cube. yeah tesseract and then the fourth advert was the, the fourth was one is red the again. ether which is the reality stone so yeah. the first so one the had first to one? be the mind stone i guess well, Even that's right. this this theory doesn't hold water at all I think it's still just the her traumas thing and I have yeah. a theory on this or a prediction that I'm going to lay out now because I really hope it's true and I think James is going to like my prediction okay. in that I expect in the next within the next couple of episodes we are going to get a cereal advert for a brand of cereal hooped cereal called Thanos and it's going to have Josh Brolin in the advert, which cross popped into my mind as a bit of a gag. And now I'm convinced that that is going to be true. That it's going to be a serial, serial advert for Thanos. And I would Putting like a bowl the of those. snap in Snap, Crackle and Pop. Oh my God, that's the thing. It's going to be one of those like crazy American marshmallow cereals. And it's going to have all these like marshmallow infinity stones or like little gauntlets in it. 50% fewer calories than other. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> snap away your troubles, wow. all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Half the sugar. If it is her traumas, if this advert represents a trauma, and this advert says, snacked on yo magic, bro, that would suggest that someone is preying on her, wouldn't it? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, yeah, that's what I'm, that, that's yeah. what I think I'm saying. snack for survivors, it's called the as snack well. for survivors. Yes. That, that's, uh, you, you've read into it more than me in a way that I actually think is really valid, um, but I have to say, I hadn't Thanks, thought man. of that at the time, and to me, it was more the, like, stuck in Sokovia while, like, not being able to move for a week and trying to desperately, like, 
eat what you can to survive while convinced that this bomb's going to kill you was my uh, initial take on it. But I actually think you're correct in that it seems to be playing on a deeper thematic level of what mm. the show seems to be about and what those what the shark and what the little boy and what the pot of yogurt might symbolize which <laughs> and the fact that i said that sentence just shows how weird the show is and i <laughs> love it really weird. <laughs> yeah it's proper but there's stuff i mean you mentioned there ben as well that pietro I mean, he, he he's so different in terms of his interactions with wanda in the show than any other character the only you know, all the other characters in Westview are aware that something's going on and are trying to sometimes paper over the cracks to make sure that Wanda or whoever it is behind this doesn't get mad at them and wipe their minds or, you know, yeah. wipe their VCRs there's that, or There's that whatever. great line this week of, is there something I can do for you, Wanda? Do you want yes. something changed? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Very much evidence that they all work for her, essentially. Mm. It's just like, yes. we're doing what you say. Please, you know, do yeah. things to us. Yeah. And, and Vision, obviously is different in that she doesn't want to control him and she doesn't want to edit him and she doesn't want to wipe over his memory. Mm. So this episode is very much, I think, as a result of the tensions that now exist in her relationship, it's very much about her letting him go even though she doesn't want to and letting him go off and you know on his little, little detective uh, outing. But yeah. Pietro is different. Pietro is the only person who so far consistently is talking to Wanda as if they're conspirators, as if they're on the level. Mm, it's like, you know, yeah. hey, you know, I'm playing a part in the show. So, you know, I was drafted in to do this and do that. And he lays out his agenda, which is I've come in to give you grief. I've come in to be the uncle. I've come in to do this. And then later on, of course, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, you've done a really good job with all this stuff. So he's aware that he's in a show as well. Mm. Yeah. That stuff's really interesting to me. I don't but know. He also asked where the questions like, what did you do with the kids? Are they all in their beds? Did you keep them unconscious, you know, to minimize the trauma? Obviously, you don't want them running around unless you need mm -hmm. them. Because obviously, we have children finally mm -hmm. in this episode. Yes, we um, do. So he's asking questions. And interestingly, she doesn't have the answers to them. Like, she doesn't seem to know the answers. So he's, he's prodding her. Yeah. And it's like, is he prodding her because he wants the information or is he prodding her to kind of test what she does and doesn't? No. Control. Yeah. But she doesn't seem to know she's doing it. And she says, I only remember feeling completely alone. She doesn't mm. remember actually starting it. Is he prodding her to make her think that she is in control of everything when she's actually not? Yeah. Yes, possibly. In that conversation, she doesn't deny that she's doing it. So I think that she yeah. believes yeah. that she is doing it yeah. because, yeah. Um, yeah, when he confronts her about it or when they have that conversation, instead of being like, oh, no, I'm not doing this, she says, her reaction is, Oh, you don't think it's wrong? So she's aware that mm -hmm. everybody else mm -hmm. thinks that of what is happening and that everybody believes that it's her and that she believes it's her. She doesn't deny it, which I thought was really interesting. There is a degree. I think, you know, even if there is a big bad guy in the show, and even if there is someone pulling a lot of the strings, there is going to be a degree of complicity for for mm. Wanda in this that you know that you know there's she seems to be aware on a conscious level of a lot of what she's doing and she's aware that a lot of it is wrong and there will be I think a reckoning even if this is resolved to most people's satisfaction at the end um I think there may be a reckoning and I, st I still think and I'm prepared to be completely and utterly wrong as I often am but I still think this is what's going to drive her into Doctor Strange too, I you know I think there's going to be either a, 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 she's got a feeling that she's got to atone for something, or as a result of this, she might be on the run, or something like that might happen. That maybe she's flitting through different multiverses, and Doctor Strange has to go and get her. Who knows? Speaking of atonement, is kind of interesting because 
you know, we've been focusing on on Strange, and I wonder if there'll be a maybe not Natasha, obviously for for obvious reasons, but a, a Black Widow kind of connection, something about Red in the Ledger again. I don't, I don't know. This is completely off the top of my head, so I have not thought it out at all. But yeah, I, I agree. I it's think there'll be. <laughs> exactly. I do think that that you're right in terms of this, the the emotional and and legal potentially trauma of this and fallout of this will carry over into Doctor Strange. That's why I said you know it could be a a sort of mentor relationship in that film. It could be he has to take responsibility for her and oversee her in some way, bring her back from whatever this is. Um, but equally, you're right. It could be an on the run or antagonist thing. Because the Sokovia Accords clearly still exist and she has violated more than Section 36B. This is very, very clear. And even if you could, you know, even if you could say, oh, she wasn't entirely in control of her own mind, she's still, as they say in Civil War, she's a walking weapon of mass destruction and she's got to be liable for some of the stuff that's happening here. So I would imagine that the US government, whether S.W.O.R.D. exists, and I'm, I'm sure they will exist, but I'm sure Director Hayward will not be part of the picture mm-hmm. uh, come the end of this this. Uh, series, they're going to make her want to pay for her crimes or even the illusion of her crimes, if that makes sense. She's got red wiggly woos in her ledger. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, As her lawyer, um, I would say that as I did with Bucky, you know, that wasn't murder. This isn't necessarily something she's entirely responsible for ever either. We don't know yet, obviously, what this situation is how much she is aware of it and can control it, but it is entirely possible that there could be an insanity plea in her future. Yeah, but you've also got to bear in mind the Sokovia Accords probably give broad latitude for you know indefinite incarceration if they see people as a danger. Well, yes, they do seem to be light on the civil rights front <laughs> uh, from the Civil War uh, finale. Uh, so there is an issue there. But at the same time, the Sokovia Accords can't be that enforceable because nobody fucking stopped to consult them during Infinity War and Endgame. So they had bigger problems. Know, they're certainly on paper, but Well General Ross tried. He tried. He, he tried. He yeah, was very well. trying. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think <laughs> and, the fact and, that the, a purple despot was banging on the door of the of the earth wanting to snap everyone into oblivion probably meant it took precedence. I mean, I'm just saying, like he didn't manage to do much about it. Less about uh, legalities and more about costuming. If we hadn't seen them in the trailer, I did I did find the Halloween costumes quite delightful. The original Scarlet <laughs> Witch costume, the Vision costume. Also, what's really funny is when, uh, when I can't remember, Billy, Tommy, whatever they're called, uh, when he comes out in his little costume, I was like, is he supposed to be Naruto? Like, who the fuck are you? But that is actually the Wiccan costume from one of the comic runs. So I was like, oh, okay, fine. I get that now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Quicksilver's hair. <laughs> oh my god! Amazing. And um, they they did just come out with their powers once their uncle showed up. I wonder if that's, that's right. significant. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, oh yes, indeed. And I did have a think. I did have a thought. It's very rare, but I had a thought. And I know that a couple of people have sent in questions so along similar lines as well. And Helen, I know you've already pushed back on one of these these theories as well. But it is is it significant? Is it is it significant? Is it significant? If Billy and Tommy. Okay, if they exist in the reality of the MCU once this show is over, mm-hmm. there are two developments of, of significance in this episode I want to talk about. One is the creation of Billy and Tommy, who are characters who are, I don't even know what they are, because how can Vision possibly conceive? But yeah, as we know in the comic <clears throat> books, Wanda <clears throat> has manifested them, you know, she's conjured yeah. them out of thin air. 
but they are characters who have the powers of their of their parents. They have inherited the powers of their parents. This is the first time they've more or less inherited the powers of their mother and her brother yeah. rather than the, their parents. The not the parents. It's not the parents. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Uh, God, God what am uncle. I doing? I'm, I'm <laughs> wow. writing some really weird fan fiction here. So my goodness. Uh, all right, sorry, you're right. They're not their parents. They're their mother and her dead brother. Okay, is. This the first case in the MCU of people developing powers naturally. Of the MCU. Think back. We don't know if they've developed them naturally, I would say. Mm -hmm. We also don't know if they're real. Also true. True, yeah. If they go outside the hex like Vision did, will they disappear because they're constructs of Wanda's mind? Mm -hmm. Potentially. Did, Did Doctor Strange basically just learn his... He learned yeah. his. He was. He yeah. did a course. He did an he online went to magic course. school. Yeah, he basically went like, to Hogwarts. Yeah, Jimmy Jimmy Woo went to the online magic university, and he took level one, and <laughs> Doctor Strange took level infinity. Right. So we're talking uh, humans here. So Thor doesn't obviously count. Thor yeah. doesn't count. Yeah, or can't count the big lunk. I guess. Hey, hey. <laughs> he's been to university. He's studied Groot. <laughs> this is true. Uh, Groot also doesn't count because he's a tree, and he comes from a race of trees. But in, ter- in terms you of humans, in terms of, of the, you know, so the, the Avengers characters, right? What do you say? Yes. <laughs> I missed that. I said, you come from a race of trees. <laughs> <It's> Sorry. <it. laughs> wow. <laughs> That's what we're reduced to, the, the badinage on the Empire podcast. Anyway, 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 anyway. Uh, so, you know, Tony, man in the suit. Um, Scott Lang, man in the suit. Hulk. Experiment gone wrong. Steve Rogers, experiment gone right. Um, you know, there's lots of experiments gone. It's Peter Parker, bitten by a radioactive spider, as you do. T'Challa, magic flower. Mm. Magic fl- Yes, he ate Herb. the magic flower. No, herbs was herbs in this episode. Uh, <laughs> T'Challa was nowhere near him. So, you know, is this the first case of natural powers? And if so, does that make them mutants? Don't shout at me yet, Helen. Also, also, wait, 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 wait. You can shout at me in two seconds. You can shout at me in two seconds. Also, we have the development of Monica. All right. So we're told by Darcy that by going through the, the hex portal twice, yeah. that it has rewritten Monica's cells on a molecular level. Now, what is that if not mutation? Okay. Okay. First of all, that's not natural. Um, and the boys are not natural, so they're not human to begin with. So no, it doesn't mean mutants. Oh my God, you, not you look in Wanda's not- eyes and tell her that her boys aren't natural, you okay, monster. But like, babies don't age up five years at a time, except on sitcoms, and that's a Super special mutant case. babies do. Yes, but they're not humans, so it's not Muta- natural human Mutation is evolution. This is, yeah, evolution. this is not evolution. And what's evolu- happened exactly. to Rambo is classic comic book. I was exposed to radioactive slash exactly. genetically modified slash soda radiation bollocks. Um, you know, oh. no, there's, no, there's no mutation In the same here. way, look, in the same way that the Marvel Universe has always differentiated between superheroes and mutants. Yeah. So the Fantastic Four were adored and the X-Men were feared and hated. Mm. Monica Rambo would fall into the Fantastic Four category and Wiccan and Speed should they survive the collapse of the world mm-hmm. in which they've always lived, would presumably also fall into that category. Monica Rambeau is 100% going to become Photon, isn't she? Because that's her mother's mm-hmm. call sign, wasn't it, that we saw in the first mm-hmm. episode. And mm-hmm. Photon is one of the... Because uh, she's been called Spectrum and, and Captain Marvel, obviously, as well, and mm-hmm. Pulsar, but I think Photon is... I think name. Photon too, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was going to argue that the um, uh, these are probably the first superheroes in the MCU, people who have powers to have 
kids and that they would have genetically inherited them and then i remembered that vision and wonder can't have had sex because he's dead and they're living in a sitcom and also she was pregnant and gave birth in a day so he does have a dick so. Well, you don't canonically, know does, we think he might. We don't know how many of those parts she stole from Sword, Chris. Who knows? Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> ah, remote control. Um, oh, no. What? But the, 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 right, the, the, oh, this has changed, is changing people on a molecular level when they go in and out of the hex. Like that immediately screamed mutation to me whether that is a trigger whether that is like something i know it's sort of a conflation but like pterogen mists esque mm-hmm. whether it's they're going to explain mutation as like oh people have stuff in their dna and actually like this particular thing triggers that and causes it to flourish but that if is that could mutation be a way through in mutation. the comics that is how co- mutation works in the comics like that would make total sense but i don't think this is the origin of mutants on earth or in the in the mcu universe i i just I, everyone's super hungry for mutants. Everyone's super thirsty for this to happen. And I just Gee, I don't see why. it happening that quickly. <laughs> Delayed gratification, people. Yeah. They won't introduce mutants in, I wouldn't have thought, a TV show. I kind of feel, I mean, I could be wrong, but I, I kind of feel maybe that's too big. A, it's, it's more of a seismic shift for the whole mm. MCU. I said this, I, but I said this last week. Something that people won't be watching. They're going to, you know, these, these shows need to be essential viewing. And if people think they can just toss off, you know, they could just skip Falcon and Winter Soldier because it doesn't actually have any impact on the, on the MCU or, or something seismic happens or something seismic won't happen in these shows. If sooner or later, people are going to stop watching it. But if they yep. are, you know, backdoor, I'm not saying that, you know, the X-Men are going to rock up in the last episode and go, <laughs> here, here we are. Um, but this might be a building block, a step along the way to, to introducing mutation and mutants, possibly. Yeah, it could be a step, but it's like a million miles from introducing mutants. That's all I'm saying. And I think this show is going to be seismic. I actually agree with you that the the show is doing seismic things. I just don't think that's what they're doing. So I think they could, for example, and we talked about this last week, we still haven't met the guy that, that Monica's meeting up the hill. That could be Reed Richards. I would genuinely believe that. I would genuinely think that that's possible. I just don't see this being the cause of mutation and mutants. Because apart from anything else, at that point, Wanda's legal troubles get global in scope and seriously, seriously difficult to to while away at any She might need a lawyer after this. Seriously, yeah. A powerful lawyer. A powerful a big She-Hulk. green lawyer, <laughs> she <will>. lawyer, <laughs> if you will. Um, uh, to me, I, I sort of agree with Chris that I, I feel like it could be a the beginnings of that as a an ongoing storyline. It reminds me a bit of when obviously they were bringing the scrolls into Captain Marvel, and it was suddenly like, oh, are they going to reveal that it's secret invasion? Half of these people have been scrolls all along, and it's going to kick all of this stuff off. And actually, as it played out in that particular plot, it didn't, but it did start to build these things into the universe that they can then play with them at a later date. Um, so I wonder if potentially, if just knowing that mm. mutants are coming in some form, if this could be the very beginnings of, of how they introduce that, even if they don't sort of flesh that out throughout the rest of the series. There's lots of really interesting stuff with the Hex as well, the potential of its expansion, its Hex expansion. Uh, you know, there's who's to say it would would it be surprising if, say, for example, as an aerospace engineer, someone did suggest to us in the in the week that it might be Riri Williams, so it might be mm. it might be Ironheart, but then Monica says it is a guy, so it might be Reed Richards, and if Reed Richards then shows up, and then Reed Richards goes through the the hex dome, 
which has got lots with of cosmic three radiation. Best with the three best, yeah, I've just brought my 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 girlfriend Sue, her brother Johnny, and my best mate Ben with me on this top secret mission. You don't mind if we go through this, do you? You should always bring a best mate Ben. You should mm. always bring a best mate <laughs> so Ben. They rock. Oh. I mean, I genuinely hey. would find I would genuinely find that more satisfying than this being the cause of X Men. Like a hundred, hundred percent. I I feel like you don't actually necessarily want to do another Fantastic Four origin story. Um, the last one was beyond shit, and so you could quite handily <laughs> wrap that up with Photon. It all in this one one show that would be you know exciting. That would be paradigm shifting. That would be dramatic, and it wouldn't take up that much of our screen time, which is also good. So like hundred percent. Totally here for that. I just feel like that they have no plans to rush into mutants because the last couple of mutant mutant films were, you know, a bit shit, and they should let them lie fallow for a while. And if they're going to recast the most popular ones, which they are surely going to do, then that needs a little bit of time before they do that. So I, I just don't see them rushing into mutants now. I completely agree. Accept what you're both saying. This could be the first step down a road, I, but like a step. That's it. Mm. That's all I'm willing to concede. Okay. Personally. A couple of little points as well uh, that I wanted to talk about. Someone pointed out, um, I'll get to questions in a a few minutes, but someone pointed out that Wanda in last week's episode calls Hayward director. So how does she know he's a director unless they've had dealings in the past? So is there something going on there? Have they had dealings in the past? Is that why he's trying to bump her off? Is he- she probably knows who he is. I mean, she nicked Vision from Sword, didn't yeah, she? Must so be she's going to have had some, she's mm. going to have some idea who he is. You know, but also like his nefarious. I mean, he is dodgy as fuck, and like the fact that he's got some secret porn stash on his computer that Darcy's digging for. The fact that he's tracking Vision and makes you think this whole thing isn't about saving the people. It isn't about stopping Wanda. It's just about getting Vision back because clearly they were doing some yeah. dodgy shit with Vision's corpse. Some yeah. <laughs> I don't even want to know. Nope. And they want it back. Like, is it Ultron related? Who knows? But he wants Vision's body. It's Operation Cataract, which can obviously mean either, you know, the thing that causes blindness in your eyes, or it can mean a flood. I don't know which, you know, definition is useful in this case, but (laughs) just FYI. To me, Mm. that the meaning of cataract was he's vision and he's all grey because he's dead. Oh, clever. (laughs) And his eyes literally did look cataract. Yeah, they did. They did. Speaking of Hayward, though, I did find that quite an interesting when he goes off on that slightly sort of triggered, you know, all you people who left, as Mm. if like the people who were snapped don't understand. Had it easy. Yeah, they don't understand. They had it easy because they were, you know, dead for five years. They don't understand what the survivors went through. That's a a really interesting Mm. psychological shift. Mm. Um, Yeah, we haven't talked about that much before, but you're right. Like, half the world went through unbearable, unbelievable trauma for mm. five years. I mean, we've all, you know, been fucked up by spending six months in our houses. You know, they've spent five years, five years, man, like knowing that half the universe has been killed and grieving and trying to move on and trying to cope uh, with this unbelievable, um, unfathomable tragedy. And then everybody turns up and is like, I don't know why you're upset. I'm fine. Like, I think that's fair. And I I hope there's more of that to come in the Marvel Universe. 
Yeah, yeah. imagine the Joe Russo character from Endgame is out on a second date with that guy. Yeah. And then his boyfriend <laughs> just blips back into existence and it's like, you know, that's that's Orcs. That's a drama. It's awkward. Talks. That's but that's a that's a drama as well. But yeah, I hadn't cons- it's interesting because you hadn't really considered that point of view. But Hayward's an absolute mm. dick in that. He Which is. one of you is a sassy yeah. best friend? He's turning very, very quickly. There's something clearly well dodged. Whether he's involved with it mm. or not, I don't know. But there's a reason why. There's a reason why Wanda has such animosity towards Sword. You know, the, you know, whenever she saw the, the sword beekeeper guy, we still don't know what's happened to that dude. Um, when she saw him in episode two, she immediately blinks him out of existence or does something with him. With you know, with Geraldine, when she sees the sword logo, she throws mm. her through the wall. It's noticeable at the end of the episode whenever the hex consumes the sword tents and the sword huh. um, agents that they're turned into clowns and a circus, a circus. And that's one yeah. subconscious going, fuck you. Yeah. Well, speaking of fuck you, I particularly enjoyed that Darcy was going, far, and then when she got overtaken, it turned into <laughs> fudge. <laughs> as she got sitcomed. Yeah. <laughs> to me as well, the, the, the meaning of that um, when the hex was expanding and uh, everything was sort of transforming was that because she's so, because Wonder is so consumed with pushing the hex outwards, she's lost a bit of control over what those things are turning into so instead of it being consistent with the like late 90s early naughty suburban town suddenly there's like a slightly ye olde circus vibe going on that she's like transforming people into things that she doesn't even really mean to be transforming them into she's just more concerned with getting the hex bigger as soon as she can to, to circus to are kind of in. timeless though aren't they I think yeah. you could probably that circus could probably yes. have worked in any number of eras I would circuses think. have been terrible and clowns have been unfunny <laughs> for decades <laughs> exactly and the funnel cake van was kind of period appropriate that's still what they look like so I don't think that's ne- I know what you mean because I did have the same thought the first time I watched it but I, I don't think that's necessarily the case mm. um, we'll see I, I, I'm interested that we didn't see what Darcy turned into and I'm, I'm not sure what mm. that means but I, I look forward to finding out we have a listener question about that so maybe we'll, we'll tackle that uh, later on but uh, yeah it is interesting uh, so do we think that if you go through the the hex once that it rewrites your cells because in that case all those sword agents are potentially superpowered and Darcy <laughs> might be superpowered <laughs> or do we think you have to be Twice, two times hexy. Two times the lady. Last uh, exit to nowhere. You know, is that who knows? Is that what you have to do, or is it just that Monica, you know, is a bit like Wanda, a bit like Pietro, that her cells are a little bit more open to the possibility of mutation? Possibly, <laughs> you know, who knows? I think it's um, that it affects it each time, but every time you go through it, it gets. Exponentially, mm. exponentially worse. Yeah. So, like, and because uh, I think that's going to be a plot point going forward as well. Of like, n- whatever these changes are, whether it's the initial step down the road to mutation or just something else, that it's like uh, nobody wants their cells to be re- rewritten on a molecular level. So it should limit how often people are tr- going in and out of the hex. That there are consequences to breaking in and breaking out of that spell. Mm. Well, we see those with Vision in particular. Isn't it interesting that Hayward is tracking Vision of everything that's happening in there? Maybe it's just something he can track as well. But I I, I I like the idea that you know that they're they're doing something dodgy with Vision's corpse. Yeah, because I was concerned by the phrase "decaying vibranium" because decaying kind of goes against everything we know about vibranium, which is that it's most super strong metals are not radioactive metals which decay. So that. Didn't make a lot of sense to me. I may be overthinking <laughs> it again. 
Yeah, well, I mean, that's right. Yeah, that's right. I, I wondered if it was the the like human in him. I know that he's not necessarily there isn't necessarily a human, but that whatever is in that big old mixing pot, I haven't seen yeah. Age of Ultron recently enough to remember exactly everything no, right. that goes yeah. into Vision. But I, I wondered if it was part of that combination that that means that he decays, whereas like non living vibranium wouldn't. But I, I agree with James that I think they've taken Vision's body. Uh, mm. Sword has taken. Uh, Vision's body, and they want to do something with it. I don't know what that is yet, and I'm my brain's trying to figure out what that might be. Uh, that Haywood wants that body for something. Sounds like a R and B song. <laughs> Haywood wants that body for something. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, carry on. Well, that'll be very early noughties of them. Um, <laughs> Wonder would clearly have animosity towards Sword because they stole the yeah. body of her dead yeah. boyfriend. Of course, she's got beef with yeah. Haywood. Yeah, and the. Uh, 100%. the yeah, that this is less. There is one thread of it that is like Wonder is controlling this whole situation, or is she, or what's happening there? And at the same time, Sword just wants that body back. <laughs> That's definitely Which not is, that <laughs> is that in brackets? Yeah, it, would be, it was the Amen and Frankie of its day. There were two songs that both. There was a call and response. Yeah. I just want brackets that body that back. Body back. <laughs> if it's a Shania Twain song, you add an exclamation mark in there somewhere. By Hayward and the Clowns. Is that what it is? <laughs> is that what it is? Um, <laughs> Jims. Jims? Jims. 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 I, Jims. What, what are your two questions, Jims? My two questions, <laughs> my two questions that I have are, uh, <laughs> are at the beginning, notice that Vision is credited as The Vision yes! in the credit sequence. Yes. Loved and I was it. like, why is the definite article there? I am confused. What is the meaning of this? What is the subtext? Is he the vision? Are they telling us that he's real because he's the vision? I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, I noticed that as well. And that is, of course, the character's full name. That is what the character is known as in the comic books. It's not <laughs> it's vision. Mr. It's Mr. Mrs. Vision. The, the vision. Is Mr. Mrs. Vision. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he is the definite article. There's no question about it. Um, I Yeah, I, I really love that little touch. Uh, because I actually saw someone on Twitter complaining the other day that they've always referred to him as Vision, and the character's name is Lip Vision, and so it almost feels. Oh, I know they haven't made guy. the show in the last day, or have they? Um, <laughs> but it almost feels like they're listening to us. My other question is this: When you see the trick or treat scene, the funny scene with the with the fish, uh, Wanda, young Wanda, appears to be some kind of insect. Now, do we think that young Pietro is a pirate or Nick Fury? <laughs> Because I was thinking Nick Fury, because he's wearing all black with an eye patch. And I just thought, you know, is that a leather coat he's wearing? I'm unclear. Why would he? No one knows who Nick Fury is. Dude, kick ass. Like, you don't need <laughs> rules or reasons here. It's just meta for the sake of being meta. I don't, I, I don't think so. I don't, I don't also, think so. It's not don't. like that's, I, don't, I got the impression that wasn't so much an accurate moment. She's like, I don't remember that. And yeah. he says, didn't he say you probably suppressed a lot of the trauma? Yes. Um, so my thinking was that, is, yeah, that's obviously, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's one of those classic, classic things in those classic tropes and sitcoms where, you know, people have a, a funny, funny flashback that may or may not have happened. Now, I, mm. I, I'm, I'm going to say no to the Nick Fury thing, but, uh, <laughs> but you might be, you might be right about that. You never know. Felt, but That flashback, that trick or treat flashback felt very scrubs to me. Yes, yes, <laughs> and, and, and feels like very distinct to the eras of sitcoms that they've visited so far in this yeah. show, right? I mean, the whole Malcolm in the Middle vibe to this, I was living for that because this is the first <laughs> time this this show has like directly been referencing sitcoms that I've actually seen. We finally got there. <laughs> 
Well, at last. Um, no, my my small question and, and tiny thing that I notice is that when Vision uh, visioned himself, you know, into his kind of super heroic form, which mm-hmm. my by the way is just the best. He looks so cool. He he's still wearing his wedding ring uh, in oh, his superhero form, which I thought was really interesting. So there's he, he's in a weird situation. So his his true self, as he now sees it, includes the wedding ring. Uh, which is which is something I hadn't noticed before, because of course even when he's been in vision mode before he hasn't been in vision clothing, so it really leapt out at me this time, and and then he has that scene with with Agnes, and the the thing the reason I think she's in trouble is the line all is lost, which is the second time she uses the word lost, just in that scene, but all is lost seems particularly strong for a character who is in her situation. If she is another one of the people just pulled into this in the town who is being held captive, all is lost is kind of the wrong phrase, isn't it? And it implies maybe broader knowledge of what's going on. What's because going it, when, on? Exactly, when it, when it was, right? Was it Norm at the office? Was that his name? Yeah. Mm-hmm. When he was snapped out of it by vision, uh, he was like, in a panic, he was so confused. Yeah. He was like, wait, well, I need, no, I need, I've got people I need to call. I need to let people know what's what's happening. Um, and she didn't have that panic. She had that initial fear of, am I dead because of your vision and you're, you're dead? dead. Uh, but then the, the, the switch, when even before she's been snapped back into the WandaVision reality, mm. the, the sort of breakdown that she seems to have, the maniacal laughter is so creepy, but it seems to mm. yeah, maybe resonate with this idea that she knows more of the situation mm. than, than, than everybody Most. else. Yeah. And the witch costume, obviously telling. Yeah. If she's actually Agatha Harkness. Yeah. Hmm. I wonder. Other people's wonder. costumes seem to me- mean something. Who, um, is it Herb is in the Frankenstein costume, so yeah, he's a creation he's like of a someone else. The, yeah, the, the Agatha thing is interesting because, again, if you wanted to go down the she's the big bad hiding in plain sight mm. route with this, you could say that once again, this is misdirection, that she has positioned herself somewhere with Vision. She knows Vision is likely to go or she's been tracking his movement. So she drives out there um, knowing that's likely where he's going to head mm-hmm. and that she's telling him exactly what she wants to know. Unlike uh, Norm last week who said she's in my head and never named Wanda. Agnes names Wanda pretty much immediately. It's Wanda, Wanda, she did this, Wanda. <laughs> so you better watch out. Uh, so there might still be a little bit of lat in there. But what I, f- what I took from that as well, uh, A, how fucking great Catherine Han is and how how great they all are. Mm. I mean, just there, we've talked about this before, but their ability to switch between lighthearted comedy. Yes. And, you know, gut-wrenching emotion and loss and trauma. And, um, and it's just incredible. Yeah. And if Olsen and Bentley don't get nominated for Emmys next year, then it's uh, proof of snobbery. But the Catherine Hahn performance in that moment, as she keeps yelling the word dead at Vision, was one of the creepiest moments in a fairly creepy mm. episode <laughs> with yeah. lots of people just zombified, just standing on the edge of town, just not doing anything. So maybe Wanda's powers don't, or whoever's powers don't stretch that far out. And that woman connecting trying to connect the, the ghost, halloween decoration yeah. to the line but she can't oh, do it and she's just tear. locked yeah. in a cycle mm. and oh it's, my it's God. almost like they're they're waiting there for one of the name characters to pass so they're ready yeah. to move at any moment if the if the main characters come past but if they don't then they're just stuck in this stasis and interesting then that if that is the case that vision doesn't count as a a main enough character to sort of 
that it's, mm. it mainly cycles around Wonder and where Wonder is, maybe. Well, maybe that's because he's acting without Wonder's knowledge at that point and acting without her permission, really. So she, he's kind of off camera almost, although he does still have the, the music in the background. That they use the fact that we've transitioned from a multi camera sitcom to a single camera show to let him range freely mm. and sort of go out and use that format, which obviously wouldn't have been possible up beforehand. That, that sequence when he goes off, I think, is absolutely incredible because we've spoken about in the earlier episodes how uh, the the sort of the dissonance between the sort of underlying creepiness of what's happening and all of the bubbly sitcom trappings, and especially how that comes through in the laugh track. That mm. when the laugh track laughs when something's off or it's not funny and it becomes creepy and you have that shot of vision walking through the town and the music it's playing is the sort of bouncy like sort of slightly grungy malcolm in the middle music yeah but the look on his face he's freaked out he is not okay he this is not him kind of going off for a jolly jaunt and it, it just adds this whole like uneasy edge to it that that music is playing over him being like really deeply worried about what's happening. Super incongruous. Yeah. It's really interesting about Vision because we know that his memory doesn't exist or has been wiped. Mm. He can't remember anything of his life before Westview. So how does he know he's in love with Wanda? Who's told him that? And why? He feels it, Christopher. It must have been it must have been slightly more well the thing is because it's not programming, is it, if it's magic and we're pretty sure it's magic on some level. It's, Could it be magic? It's, it's a Could kind it of magic. magic? <laughs> anyway, I think it's I think it is actually uh able to be that specific and able to take away the parts of him that know who he is without taking away the parts of him that knows he loves Wanda. So I I feel like that might be barking up the wrong tree, maybe. What's more interesting to me is what happens when he goes out of the boundary. So mm-hmm. it's it's like pieces of him are physically being pulled back in, but he's not turning back into a corpse. Mm. In the way that I expected would happen as he went out the door, you know, I thought he'd sort of be, you know, pushing his arm forward, and as an arm reached beyond the power strings that are still yeah. clinging to him as he gets out, that the arm would turn grey and dead. And that's not quite what happened. And I thought that was interesting. And I'm not sure what that means for his independent existence. It did look to me, maybe I'm wrong, but it did look to me like he was beginning to turn grey, but from the legs up. Um, so oh, maybe, okay. maybe if the maybe. power, maybe I'm wrong on this, but um, I have the episode up here right now. So you know, if we talk about something else, like we, well, I can take a look at that. Uh, but I'm also in, interested in Wanda seeing Pietro's corpse in the same fashion, and that's mm. a really effective scare, by the way. Also, yeah. because you're so focused on what she's saying, because it's it's plot and mystery box relevant and then she turns around and suddenly because that's happened before he scared her before in the episode and he's himself and now she's seen his bullet riddled corpse so what the fuck is going on with our character <laughs> i mean is I don't, my question i don't know because i think that's another thing as james was saying it was all up in the air last week of, of who exactly pietro is and, and i guess there's a lot of that still up in the air but what we get from this for me the thing that was most interesting i couldn't wait to find out this week to tune in this morning and go okay is he going to mention anything x-many is he going to reference that he's come from somewhere else and actually no they seem to be playing him as if no he is pietro but it's just somebody else playing him yeah it could be a fake pietro it could be a fake pietro of some kind and and yeah the fact that she sees him as the corpse of her own dead brother in the way that he died i don't know what it means but i think that it's interesting that they 
applied that to this character in particular when we're sort of all questioning quite how real he is or how much he knows or if he is who he says he is. The the line he has just before that where he says he was shot like a chump in the street for no reason at all. Like mm. he was shot for a reason. Like he was in the middle of a battle and he was trying to help people and he was shot because he was saving lives. And I feel like real Pietro would know that. And I feel like an outside observer with no empathy might not know that. So that to me is one of the, if you will, smoking guns, and I apologize for using that term, in connection with his bullet riddled corpse. Um, <laughs> that is one of the lines that, that, really does, <laughs> that really does make me think he might be a bad one. Yeah, I think so. I think he's almost deliberately provoking her. And then the, the line as well about like he provokes her just before yeah. um, she starts to town. Yeah, can't die twice. Yeah, I mean, that's... Uh, see, Pietro in the comics is famously a dick. And so I guess you could say that he's being very, very close to to his character there. But that is still a really, really dickish thing to say. Um, so there's something more there. But in the in the... In the recap, in the previously on WandaVision section, they show Aaron Taylor Johnson. Mm. Mm. So, again, I, I go back to my earlier question. What the fuck is going on? Why are they showing Aaron Taylor Johnson? And they've been clear that this is not Quicksilver. You know, the MCU, if you will, is not recasting Quicksilver. WandaVision is recasting Quicksilver. And I think that's a really important distinction that wasn't entirely clear last week and we weren't sure of. I, and I think it, it appears there because it's it is the bullet riddled corpse scene. I think they are very very they're very on the nose with the scenes that they bring up in that they are all very directly referenced. And I think that's just because we go into this with a a vast knowledge of twenty three films and and we talk about <laughs> this stuff all the time. And I absolutely love that. But I think it's there for the more casual viewers who yeah. maybe haven't seen Age of Ultron in a while and will have forgotten that, yeah, when we see Evan Peters and the bullets are all in the right place and he's wearing that costume, it's a direct callback to that scene. So yeah. I, I think it's more that than... But it, I mean, it is tied up in this whole mystery still of, yeah, who who is this other Pietro? Who, who has been recast as Pietro? And are they really demon spawn, or is that just messing with our heads, the bastards? I mean, that's a very early noughties, like gnarly, like yeah, demon spawn yeah, thing totally, to say. Dude. <laughs> uh, they're almost certainly going to age up, aren't they? Into sort of hunky young actors who are going to get a, a sweet six picture <laughs> deal out of this, aren't they? That's 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 going to happen. Sure. At some point, maybe. Uh, interestingly, at the end, just I looked at it, and uh, yeah, you're right. I, I thought Vision was turning grey, but it's just that's his costume is it's one color so it's just okay. it's green so yeah he's not turning gray which is which is interesting but also Wanda at the end you know it's fairly unequivocal she her eyes flash red she yeah. stops everyone in their tracks she expands the uh, the boundaries of of the hex now so that's Wanda doing this shit yeah but Pietro earlier on you know when he's going you know how did you do it you know what did you do with the kids that's, I think, designed to make her think that she's in control of more than she's in control of. Mm. I know I've said that before, but um, I'm going to say it again. No, it's worth but, repeating. Yeah. yeah. Do you want to take some questions? Yes, mm. let's. Or is there anything else that you wanted to talk about? Um, the theme song this week, I don't think it was written Only by the one Lil thing. Oh, it's kind of like that sub-Blink-182 theme no, song. I, I think it was. I think it was because it, it, her, her voice is like super recognisable because I, I thought that was a really fun... Uh, I'm talking about Kristen Anderson Lopez... Um, who mm. co-writes all the songs with with Bobby Lopez, and um, 
Bobby. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> my, my good mate Bobby. I mean, in normal times, we'd be off down the pub. But yeah, the thing that stood out to me, I thought it was a really fun approximation of that kind of yeah early noughties, yeah. again, Malcolm in the Middle-esque uh, theme tune. But the thing that's, that sort of was a bit off was that you can tell it's it's her voice singing it, so I'm pretty sure oh, it really? was them. Okay. And, right, and okay. uh, yeah, and again, the, the lyrics, don't try to fight the chaos, don't question what you've done. Mm-hmm. Uh, some days it's all confusion, easy come and easy go, but if it's all illusion, sit back, enjoy, enjoy the show, the show. Mm. with a lovely pot of yo magic. <laughs> Another reference. He There's a part where Pietro says to her, uh, if I found Shangri-La, I wouldn't want to be reminded yes. about the past either. And Shangri-La, of course, has connections to Vision in the comics. Tell us about them, James. I don't know the details because I've not read that particular <laughs> comment, but I know that there's a connection there. I have no deeper knowledge, despite my attempt to imply that I did. Oh my God, you sounded so certain as well. You were like, and of course, oh, as okay. we all and know. And of course, as we all know from our deep knowledge of the Clone Wars and Rebels <laughs> and Resistance, <laughs> Shangri-La is deeply connected to Vision. I'm very glad you've asked me about Bo-Katan. Just give me five minutes. <laughs> Good. Hey Siri, what is Bo-Katan? <laughs> I I have something before we get to the questions. We haven't talked about Jimmy Woo, action hero. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Jimmy Woo, <laughs> oh Monica God, Rambeau, yeah. fisticuffs. I loved as well. You get that flash to Darcy and she doesn't know what to do in that fight. <laughs> in the fight, she's just kind of, Ugh. Nobody told me the plan. But it, it's cool. Like Jimmy Woo, lovely dude, gets the coffee, happy chap, but he's handy in a fight as well. Who knew? Oh, he's an FBI agent, Ben. <laughs> and I also, by the way, I also think that Jimmy Woo is the sassy best friend. Out of the three of them, he's the sassy best friend. <laughs> I love um, Jimmy Woo so Jimmy much. Jimmy Woo's not sassy. Jimmy Woo is not sassy. He, of course he's sassy. He, he's not sassy. When- You're not sassy. <laughs> I think Helen, you've just proved that you are the sassy best friend. Give me one, one, one example of Jimmy Woo being sassy at any point in the MCU. Or MC Woo. I don't. I don't remember moments. Uh, I don't know. Well, thankfully, I have an encyclopedic <laughs> knowledge of Ant Man and the Wasp. I nearly said Ant Man versus the Wasp, which would have belied my what I just said. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking back now. I'm just scanning, 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 scanning. No, he is lovely and delightful. That is the whole point of Jimmy Woo. He's the most incongruous FBI man possible. Well, yeah, he's why do you think sassiness is incompatible with being lovely and delightful? <laughs> he has not I'm been upset. sassy at any point. Well, anyway. Darcy is so- sassy. We know that. <laughs> um, it turns out, by the way, that the Vision founded Shangri-La in uh, at least one reality of the Marvel well, yes. comics. Of course, I knew that, as Helen. You, I was you simply knew, testing James. you. Yes, Earth 616, of course, Shangri-La exists. And, as I knew uh, from the Clone by the Vision. that is true. <laughs> Bo-Katan helped him, didn't she? <laughs> she did, yeah. I think um, uh, when he had the Darksaber. Interestingly, though, he, he, he discovered the secrets of life and death, gave himself immortality and pledged to protect ma- mankind there. So I don't know if that could be relevant, but there you go. A couple of lines of interest. Whilst we're talking about Agnes, he said 25 minutes after they stopped talking about Agnes. Uh, she says, took a wrong turn, got lost. Mm. Now, those, again, could be Bruce Springsteen lyrics, but also... <laughs> yeah, the sitcom should have been Who's the Boss? <laughs> <laughs> hey! I would love that. If they can get Springsteen in this somehow, I mean... Our good friend, Ben. Our good pal. Our good pal. Our top chum, top chum Bruce Springsteen. So she says, got, took a wrong turn, got lost. And that, of course, could be... 
she was trying to get out of town while Wanda was distracted. It could be she just got confused because, you know, the, the powers are waning. Could be she's referring to her own situation, Helen, which might tie into what you're saying. Mm. She took a wrong turn in life. She got a bit lost. Now look at me. I'm involved with a witch and a dead synthesoid. So, you know, it happens. Uh, but Fission says, in the town you grew up in. So that could mm. also be an indication that she's deliberately there to plant to, to be a plant and to mislead him and to and to misguide him. Possible. And Hayward says whenever Fission gets out of the hex, he says almost with awe and almost with a bit of glee in his fucking twatty face, he <laughs> says he really does want out, doesn't he? So Yeah, yeah. This dude knows more than he's letting on. Yeah. Which if he does, why did he send Monica to investigate it? Well he's th- he's rethought that, hasn't he? You know, mm. very much. And Monica's a line this week, I know what Wanda's feeling and I won't stop till I help her. That very much you know, leans into what we were saying about shared grief mm. being the thing that could bind them together and could break the spell, if you like. I think that, that could be key to the whole thing. Yeah, only three episodes left. And that stood out to me as a very much kind of teeing up what, for yeah. lack of a better word, the end game here might be. <laughs> At Tim from Wales has a question. He says, did any of the pod team think it could get this dark after drunk Vision only weeks ago? Flourish! <laughs> Watching Vision die for a second time had me shouting at the telly. Yeah, we don't see what happens at the end. He, you know, I'm mm. sure he'll be all right. Unless the, the show is going to be called Wanda from now on. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, I think once the hex expanded around him, then yeah. that's him at least physically back to normal, even though I suspect he will still have many, many questions. So many. And technically, we've seen him die three times. Because he, he dies he dies twice in, in Infinity War, effectively. He, yeah. he dies, he and then he undies, and then he redies, and now he is undied again, and semi-redied. God, he's going to have so many issues. What was it Oscar Wilde said? <laughs> he says uh, to lose one parent would be unfortunate. Yeah. To lose two seems like carelessness. That's it. To lose one, to lose one vision is unfortunate, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. Um, uh, uh, David Moran, David L. Moran sent in, and I'm not kidding, ooh, 12 questions. So he's the, he's the Twitter equivalent of one of those dudes who stands up at the back of Q&As and then goes, I have a four-part question. It's like, no, pick one, pick one. So I'm going to pick one for you, David. And the question I'm going to pick is uh, about Darcy. Seeing as the show is leaning so heavily into meta gags, will Darcy's role in the show next week be as a waitress in a diner like in Two Broke Girls. I literally said this to my sister as the episode finished. <laughs> yes. I think that's 100%. That would be awesome. <laughs> uh, uh, all right, David, I'll play your, I'll play your little game. Um, he's also asked, why does Billy, or Wiccan, sense of vision is in danger, but not wonder? But his, his powers, I guess, are slightly different. He's more sort of like openly telepathic, isn't he? Whereas her power, she has the ability to manipulate people's minds. But can she read minds? Does that work? Can she actually extract information from people's brains? I don't think so, oh, no. because she's been sort of tricked before, like when she was effectively tricked into um, being trapped yeah. at Avengers mm-hmm. HQ in Civil War. So I, yeah. I, I don't think she's necessarily got that, like, no, I know what yeah. you're thinking right now. Whereas like, Wiccan has a psychic connection to Vision, so... Even though Vision technically doesn't have a, you know, brain because he's a synthesoid. Uh, at Funkster Cosplay, is it clear the reason they haven't called the Avengers yet is that Hayward Hayward is a sneaky bastard? 
Yes, he's a sneaky bastard. Yes, also the fact that he's like, we need to kill Wanderers. I think Thor might punch you in the face. Do you not think the Avengers would take issue with you nuking Wanda? They would take over. Yeah, and he doesn't like superhero, superpowered individuals. He explicitly says that. He's a big old racist. Yeah. And, yeah. and and as we've said, so many of them are dead or old men now. And Hulk has a gammy arm, and <laughs> Thor is in space. Gamma arm, gamma arm. <laughs> uh, Thor is in space with the Guardians at the moment. Captain Marvel is in space. Yeah. Like I don't think there's that. There's a bit of an oversight happening. Thor doesn't really know Wanda. He wouldn't give a shit. He'd be yeah, like, kill her. Harsh. I don't care. <laughs> he would care that Darcy's there. Yeah, meow meow. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, oh my word. At Paddy Ling asks, how many new superheroes do you think will be introduced by the end of the show? I'm counting Monica, Monica's secret friend, <laughs> uh, the two kids. As yeah, as we discussed, it's not everybody if who goes survive. through the, the wall. If they survive, that Christ, that'd be dark. Mm. I mean, I don't think Haywood's going to be alive by the end of the show. I think he's going to, he's cruising for a bruising at the moment and, um, and Wanda can give particularly powerful bruises so yeah so super superhero wise i think uh i don't know actually i think i think monica for sure and i like i say i would not be entirely surprised if there are one or more members of the fantastic four maybe but my god if there are they've kept that well under wraps haven't they that would be crazy really well i mean they've kept they've kept pretty much this entire show under wraps Mm, yeah, almost as if they've cast some sort of magical dome over wherever they're shooting. <laughs> Every week, I get up very, very slightly earlier to watch this show. Uh, so generally, I've been getting up about like I don't know half eight, and that's enough time. Or sometimes very slightly <laughs> oh, later. You, you lock you getting up at <laughs> half past eight in the morning. Jesus Christ! <laughs> so, uh, absolute work shy twat. There's the man with the two-hour commute speaking. Yeah. I was like, Christ! I haven't been able to get up at half eight since the late. 90s what are you talking about <laughs> yeah no i've been i've been getting it like quarter quarter to nine half eight to watch quarter this before to nine. yeah you, you know monster. that's a reasonable time to get it i'm having lunch then <laughs> <laughs> i think you're the weird one here <laughs> but yeah every, every week so this t- today i was like no uh, it's getting it's getting juicier and juicier and spoilerier and spoilerier and twitter is an absolute <laughs> hive of scum and villainy on that front so um so yeah i, I think now with that we're entering the last few episodes and there's so much up in the air i'm going to mm-hmm. be getting up bang on eight mm-hmm. o'clock so if yeah. you're oh, on fridays james oh, you will know why yeah <laughs> best go to bed now ben <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it is past uh, my bedtime to be fair <laughs> I, I i watched it bang on eight o'clock this morning uh, my wife and mm-hmm. i got up and watched it i i said to follow you've got to watch it with me tomorrow morning because uh last week when we were recording that that epic podcast about episode five um she hadn't seen the episode yet but i'd seen it twice at that point and apparently i spoiled the episode by loudly yelling something about quicksilver being back through the wall of my little office here and she's next door in the living room and i came in after we'd finished recording and she was like what's this about quicksilver being back and i went what (laughs) so so i i don't know anything about that she said you were loudly shouting about quicksilver being back i went oh no oh no so uh, yeah, so I said, look, you know, I can't promise that the same thing would happen today. So let's get up at eight o'clock and watch it with me. It'll be fun. It'll be a fun adventure, a little fun adventure into Westview. Here's a question from Omni Shambles. <laughs> Great hey. name, Omni Shambles. Do you know this person, or do you just no? Like the but name? I like the name. I like the name. I, Omni Shambles. I feel like we've had 
chats on Twitter. Possibly. Who knows? Uh, basically just asking, once again, do we have any theories about who might be behind this? Is it Mephisto? Is it Dormammu? Is it Ultron? Is it Sonny Birch? Is it Nightmare? Someone else pointed out that the word Nightmare is said in this episode. Uh, in fact, Pietro says it to Wanda. He says, you know, you know, you basically could trigger, you know, this is, is a far cry. It's a big step up from triggering people's nightmares and doing the red wiggly woo thing. So, what do we think? We talked about this last week, obviously, but has anything in this uh, episode solidified your theories about who it might be? No, not at all. Great. <laughs> not in the foggiest. Um, I There's still a, a, a very basic part of me that just thinks that Haywood is in some way the big bad, that he is not who he says he is, but um, especially because who, who, who would know who anybody who would, has been snapped and comes back, how do they know that he is who he says he is? I think he's a secondary bad. I think he's just he's yeah, just a massive bell end with an agenda, but I don't think he's behind this whole thing. Yeah, I think I think he was experimenting on vision. I think he pissed Wanda off as a result. Um, whether she was already under the influence of whatever's happening or not, I don't know. Um, I think he wants vision back. He has an anti-superhero agenda. I don't think he's the big bad, and I am increasingly, you know, going along with the whole Mephisto theory, I have to say, for that. A couple of people have asked, uh, Ben Tompkins at B Tompkins has asked, was Pietro sent in by sword? I don't think he was. I don't think that the the no. time frame of last episode into this episode doesn't really work. At the beginning of this episode, Monica and Hayward are storming back into the base. So it's just a few minutes, We would I would guess, after Wanda has emerged from the hex and scared the shit out of them and had like a dozen of his own men point guns at him. Uh, so he's angry. But we already know from last week's episode that Darcy was back in the base looking at the episode and she saw the recasting of Pietro. So I don't think he's had time to find someone else to go in and become Pietro. Although, as I said last week, we still don't know what happened to that that first sword guy who went in. Mm -hmm. We still don't know. That could be him recast as Pietro somehow. Uh, but the interesting thing about this episode is the perspectives that it's showing us. So it's showing us Wanda's perspective. It's showing us Vision's perspective. They all have scenes in their own. Obviously, we're with Darcy and Jimmy and Monica as a, as a trio. Now mm -hmm. Dar and now Monica and Jimmy as a, as a double act, I guess, off their own with you know, Reed Richards or whomever it's going to be. Uh, but we don't see, the second that Hayward expels him, we don't see any scenes from him except that moment where he goes, all right, boys, let's move out because Vision's, Vision's coming. So we don't know what nefarious plotting he's up to. I'd be a little disappointed if Sword was just Shield 2.0, though. Hmm. Are the residents on the outskirts of town starving? I think that's interesting. Like, uh, uh, and did somebody mention that in reference to the to the advert that there are people sort of caught in a loop who maybe aren't being able to like nourish themselves because they are just stuck playing doing these repetitive motions while while Wanda's not around. It's a creepy thought. But then the children weren't out before, and now they are. So presumably, with each reset, people are deposited in useful places as a result. Mm. So it could be that they were essentially, you know. I don't know, maybe just uh, kept in some kind of stasis or allowed to go in, go on about their business within their own homes, you know, during the previous few days. And now because it's Halloween and it's a spooktacular, everybody's out and about and therefore <laughs> they have to be prepared in case main characters come past. I mean, maybe it's something like that, but also it's magic. I mean, it might just not make sense. The children thing is really interesting, isn't it? Mm. 
because um, it's actually one of the things, well, listen back, we went in last week uh, and we added half an hour to last week's podcast. <laughs> We're not going to be doing that again <laughs> for, for this, uh, I think. But we went in and added half, we, we talked for nearly two hours last week about a 30 minute television show. And incredibly, even though every, every time I'd seen that episode, and I've seen it about four times now, every single time, Vision saying, Wanda, why are there no children in Westview? Every single time that line stood out to me, and I even wrote it down in my little notes going, we must talk about that, and then I completely fucking forgot. Mm. And it does seem really, really important, as other people have pointed out, uh, Richard Newby of The Hollywood Reporter pointed it out, that you know in episode two, they are at that magic show, and they keep repeating, for the children, but there are no children there. And so I thought maybe going into this episode, there was going to be a wider mystery of what happened to the kids, and is it perhaps that Agnes Mephisto, someone, is has taken the kids, stashed them away and told the residents, you go along with this if you want to see your kids again. I think this show, this episode does offer a sort of explanation, which is they're essentially kept away unless, you know, they absolutely have to be there. Like Halloween is a kid's holiday. They have to be out for Halloween. And it's about minimizing their trauma and it's about somehow protecting them, which seems plausible and possible, even if it is a big bad who has a, an agenda of some sort. They may not want unnecessary child casualties, especially mm. if the motive of this show is some kind of resurrection, is some someone who's, who's lost someone they love, they would want to minimize that for others so that it would make sense that they would try and protect the children from what's going on. I didn't really notice it in, in the early episodes because so many of those shows did kind of avoid having too many scenes with children because they were kind of expensive for the kind of quick production schedules of, of mm -hmm. older sitcoms. So it never really st stuck out to me until they actually started talking about it last week. Um, but, but it does feel like this week is meant to slightly just explain that away. Yeah, I, I th mm. thought it was. It felt kind of creepy that um, as the episode goes on, the the scale of everything seems to expand. And then I realised it's Halloween, and it's because it's nighttime, and all the kids are going out trick or treating. <laughs> but it it did seem to like grow over the course of the episode. How many kids there were, yeah. how how big a scale the town is taking on in this in this event. But I do think that might have just been the Halloweeniness of it all. Yeah. Uh, I know we have to wrap up in a second because Helen has uh, some food arriving. Or whatever it is. Um, question from at Megan Key. Are we going to see Aaron Taylor Johnson's Quicksilver? Because we did get him in the previously on. I think that's, I think that's a big possibility. I really do. I, I hope so. Like, I actually really enjoyed seeing the other Pietro here this week because I thought he just had a really fun and very interesting role to play in the episode. And like Evan Peters, I think, was so great in the episode as well. He was really, really entertaining. Some of his line deliveries um, I, are things that just feel so specific to him, and that, but they really work in the context of this show. At the same time, it, this version of Pietro doesn't mean anything in the MCU. There isn't that emotional connection as much as we only had Aaron Taylor-Johnson in Age of Ultron. And I think there would be a, a feeling of... Well, there would be feelings there if if Aaron Taylor Johnson came back of just like oh god this character who was introduced and was gone so soon and that there is the emotional connection there because of how much he means to Wanda and that we've had time to explore that and feel that through the last few episodes so I would love to see him come back and I think it would have quite a big impact weirdly emotionally for the viewer um, if he does. Mm. I mean, I don't see it happening, but I think it would be kind of cool. So mm. I think we so. 
At uh, I think this is the last question uh, from at Helen Smith FCDO. Uh, she asks, Director Hayward, sorry, that's Dick Terrorist to you, has somehow induced Wanda into creating the anomaly with the purpose of creating mutants. Oh, oh, Helen, watch it. Helen, don't. Helen's just attacked the screen. Oh my God, she's clawing through the screen like the girl from Ring. Run, Ben, run for your life. James, you stay where you are. When Monica first took her sword, when Monica first took her sword, she notes that rather than observation and response, they're now creating sentient weapons. Ah, and Helen Smith was the person who pointed out that Wanda calls him director without his introducing himself, so they've mm. clearly met before. So, yeah. Mm. Mm. Oh, here's another one. Here's another one. Helen, uh, look, look at this, Helen. Uh, Helen making good points. The two of your twins. Uh, is it significant that the twins have twice aged up by five years, the exact length of time the children would have aged in the eyes of parents who'd been snapped and returned? Oh, interesting. Ooh, that's an interesting one that hadn't occurred to me. Probably mm-hmm. not, but I like it. Yeah, yeah good. let's go with yeah. that. Sure. Let's go with that. And uh, I think on that note, that's it for the listener questions. I just want to ask real quick, once again, let's go for predictions for the next episode, episode seven. At some point, I think they're going to have to start filling in what's happened before the show began. Um, I wonder, generally speaking, Jimbo, in these mystery box shows or big shows like this, the big shit tends to go down, doesn't it, really, towards episode, the penultimate episode? Yeah. Mm. And then the last episode is kind of like... Not always, but yes. Game of Thrones always used to do that. Yeah, you'd have a massive penultimate and then you'd just sort of have a decompression episode Mm. afterwards. Although what I think might happen here is that next week will be the big escalation like it ends on this like on the oh my god what the fuck is gonna happen now cliffhanger the episode after that is going back and filling in all the backstory and then the final episode is picking up where that cliffhanger left off oh is a sort is my, my that's, that is certainly I, I something that, used, that yeah. might be how it goes down um my, my prediction for next week big bowl of thanos I'm waiting oh, for it. Please, please let him be back. Um, oh, God. My prediction is that Darcy will be a waitress. That's absolutely going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Do you think we'll see the aerospace engineer, Helen? Yeah, maybe. I do. I think, actually, next week's biggest thing is going to be Wanda and Vision. I think that's the key thing that they need to start sorting out right now. You've blown this whole thing wide open, Helen. <laughs> No, Wonder, Wanda versus Wanda and Vision. Vision. Oh, Wanda versus like Wanda and Vision w- in the Wanda Vision issues. show. Yeah, them working out their issues, yeah. them seriously getting down to business, not in a sexual way, pardon? is going to be the key Ooh. next week. I think. What yeah. format do you think it will take? Do you think it'll be like an office type sitcom? I think this is the Modern Family modern one. Modern Family one, isn't it? Ah, okay. Uh, especially, it's too, it's too, that's too big a leap for me. Is well, it? Well, in, I mean, we're it depends. In already, this so. is kind of mm. technically naughty, so I think they kind of want it to be nineties. So who knows? I think you know. So next might be a naughties type thing. Could be Modern Family. I feel like uh, like Office might be a more interesting change of pace. But what we haven't done what, what we haven't done. See if I'm involved with the show. But what they haven't done so far is they haven't gone down the Friends or Seinfeld or Frasier or Cheers route. They haven't done mm. the workplace mm. comedy show yet. It's Probably. domestic sitcoms, because I think that's partly why they yeah. put so much from Malcolm in the Middle here, because I don't think there were as many of those in the 90s. You think of the yeah. big one obviously being Friends, but that even that mm. was, yeah, like sort of 20-somethings in the city rather than suburban Wasn't sort of families. Wasn't Roseanne in the 90s? Predates the 90s. I think it ran through the 90s. Ran through the, the 90s, yeah. 90s. I mean, I'm not saying it started uh, in the 90s, but yeah. Yeah. I was certainly watching it on Channel 4 in the 90s, that's all I'm saying. Yeah, it was, it was late 80s when it started, so I guess, yeah, it would have been running then. 
Interesting. And I think, uh, well, we'll find out. You might be right. Mm-hmm. We know that that is going to happen, that there's going to be a sort of modern family mockumentary, talking heads, two camera kind of thing coming up at some point. And if we think that the show is, you know, the real world is going to intrude and the thriller element of the show is really going to start taking over, then perhaps that might be the last of the fake sitcoms, possibly. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Who knows? It's going to be very, very exciting to find out what's going to happen to Hayward now. He is literally one person left on his team. Is he going to call back for <laughs> more reinforcements? Two in the car. Two, in the, two car. in the car. There was a driver and then someone in the back seat, and then Hayward uh, shitting himself. Uh, <laughs> is this is the expansion of the hex the hex expansion, if you will? Oh. Is this finally the thing that will make him, you know, pick up the phone and go, I, I. Do kind of need some superpowered help here, please, because we've got the Avenger and she's gone completely do lally. So please help. Uh, maybe send me, oh, I don't know, a strange doctor, someone who's got experience with magic. So either Doctor Strange or David Blaine. I'm happy with either. On that note, that is it for our episode six dissection. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Join us next week for more WandaVision related fun. But until then, until we meet again. Until that auspicious occasion, it is goodbye from Squadcast name, Ellis Avenue Freeze Out, Ben Travis. It's a Bruce Springsteen thing. It's Bye. always a Bruce Springsteen thing. Oh, with me, it's always, always, always is. Uh, it's goodbye from No Hex, please. We're British. <laughs> it's James Dyer. Goodbye. <laughs> goodbye, Jimbo. Uh, it's uh, goodbye from a lady who's about to have some prawns. Is this correct, Helen? Or shrimps? Yes. Just like Bab and Star. Bab and Star. It is Old Red Riding Hood, Helen O'Hara. Doodaloo. And it's goodbye from me, Pietro in the middle. I'm off to have a lovely pot of your magic and then go for a nice drive down Ellis Avenue. Mmm, bliss. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Bye. Jimbo, learn more chords. (laughs) 